I'm Shivani Gupta. I'm obsessed with small to medium businesses growing. As business owners, we take so much risk and we want to make sure it's worth it. I believe one of the best presents you can give yourself as a business owner is to be able to learn how to scale your people, your profit and your processes. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Grow Your Business podcast. I'm Shivani Gupta, your host, and I'm really excited to be able to share with you the concept of mental fitness. I recently spoke at a mental um, health conference, and I noticed that more and more speakers and more and more experts, rather than call it just mental health issues, he has a mental health issue, she has a mental health issues, are starting to talk about mental fitness. Well, what does that mean How do we understand it? What are some of the things that we do? That is the aim and my intention for this particular podcast. So the first thing is when you think about fitness from a body perspective, it's about keeping your body in shape. So when it talks about mental fitness, it's really about keeping your mind in shape. So just have a think about that. How do we keep our mind in shape? And so mental fitness is really in terms of looking at how we um, look at some strategies in terms of being able to do that. When it comes to physical fitness, when we are fitter, obviously we prevent certain diseases. We prevent things like heart disease and diabetes and a number of other things so that you can, irrespective of your age, continue to keep some level of fitness. Mental fitness is just as important. And although it's a much newer term, it can't be neglected. And so, for example, looking at mental exercises into your daily routine that help you feel sharper, that help you stay more focused, and that not only give you a healthy body but a healthy mind and having that mind-body connection. It also means that when you are working on your brain, you're also keeping your emotional health in shape. So you also want to be able to look at what are some of the things that I need to do. Now, I know we've talked about this um, Um, view of IQ and EQ, emotional intelligence versus um, our intellectual intelligence that's been around for a very long time. So it's important to be able to look at that and go, well, if I can keep my IQ um, also sharp in terms of my intellectual um, intelligence, how do I also keep my intelligence in my emotions there? And what are some of the exercises that I can do that really start to help me slow down in a very, very busy world? How do I learn to decompress? And how do I actually, you know, so many of us, when we have so many things to think about, so much data, so much processing, so many decisions that we get decision fatigue from all the things we have to do, how do we keep a memory that keeps enhancing despite having more data to process? Let's firstly talk about this notion of mind-body connection. Many researchers, many books have been written on this particular topic. Probably the first book I came across around the mind-body connection was a beautiful book that really shifted the way that I look at things, and it was called Heal for Life by Louise Hay, who started Hay House. And one of the things she talked about was what we think about, we become, which, again, Deb Shapiro and so many other amazing researchers and authors have talked about around the world. So it's no surprise when we talk about the mind-body connection that the more you move your body, the more it helps your brain. We know that the oxygen goes in and we think better when we exercise. Same way, when we actually work on our brain, it actually has an impact on our body. So when we do good things in our body, we release an amount of endorphins. 
the feel-good chemicals that are there. For example, the feel-good chemicals come out when we kiss our children, when we do something that brings us a lot of joy. So it's not surprising that the people that often are pretty healthy often have good mental fitness or mental agility in terms of what they do as well. But you can be in a really big full-on physical workout, but you can, um, and they, you know, a lot of institutes talk about the fact that engaging in exercise is a really great way not to completely fix, but support and battle depression. And we know that it gives you a much more positive outlook in time. We also know that when you're really stressed, even though the last thing you might feel like doing is exercise, doing some exercise, even some gentle walking can really help you both physically and mentally. So mental exercise is just like that. And there's a lot of um, academies, there's some great articles that have been written by the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences that talk about the fact that um, certain memory intelligence exercises can really um, increase our fluid intelligence, the ability for us to, for example, move from one side of the other brain to the other, and also for us to be able to solve problems. And that is a very important part in terms of who we are and what we need to do. While exercise is really good for the brain, we also know that the power of meditation is becoming more and more pronounced and prevalent. Meditation, when we're using with other methods, it is also used, and a lot of research is coming out, the benefits of meditation in helping you calm your mind, in being able to um, work on your depression, in allowing you to actually work and work on some problems there. For me, I started meditating on and off for 20 years, but now I'm a regular meditator. The impact on the way, even as an entrepreneur, it's had on my brain to be able to give me the problems to solve by emptying my mind because my head gets so full from all the things that I do, and perhaps you're the same. If you're listening to that is, how do I incorporate meditation into my um, uh, daily practice? So whether you go to bed after a long day, you know, the idea is that your body gets tired, but sometimes our mind is still racing. The number of people I've spoken to over the years, particularly in coaching conversations where they say, Shivani, I get to bed, I know I'm really tired, but my mind hasn't stopped racing. It just doesn't stop and I keep going and going. So visualisation can really help. Some of the meditation apps can really help. Um, imagining peaceful imagery and backgrounds really help. Coming up with tranquility in your mind really helps in terms of releasing that. But sometimes, you know, the feelings of self-confidence or not feeling optimistic enough and worrying about the day, worrying about the activities that you've got to do the next day often has a really big impact on it as well. Now, there are some techniques that really help and as simple as that might sound to help you become mentally fit and to get this mental fitness that we've been speaking about. Now, there are so, say such things as daydreaming. Now, when you were young, I know that for me, if you were daydreaming and a teacher caught you daydreaming, it was seen as a very bad thing. It meant that you were unfocused, um, unattentive, and you weren't really going to achieve a lot. These days, we know that daydreaming and visualisation can actually become a very powerful tool. Simple things as reading is really amazing. Simple things as finding humour in things that you enjoy but these are some of the approaches in terms of being able to increase your fitness. A lot of people take a lot of pride in being able to multi multitask. I know I certainly did. And then I came across a really great seminar on mindfulness um, many years ago. And the thing that I took away from that particular seminar is for me, mindfulness is when your mind is full of one thing. You are able to focus on one thing. 
And more and more research is now coming out that talks about the fact that multitasking, it actually doesn't help you get things. You think that you're actually working on so many things at once and how smart you are and how multitasking is a great strategy, but it actually isn't. It often creates more problems than it actually solves. It doesn't improve your concentration and it certainly, research is finding, is not improving your productivity. Positive affirmations are something I use in my life to help my mental fitness. So if I've got a negative thought pattern around something, I will then put the opposite pattern. So say, for example, I don't feel like I'm communicating very well with one of my children. My positive affirmation will be I'm an excellent communicator and I use my communication skills to connect deeply with my family, for example. So what you want to do is just start to look at some of the good qualities that you have. You want to affirm that. You want to really remind yourself of the strengths that you have, that you're not perfect, but how many different things that happen. The other great things for mental fitness is to continue to create neural pathways, new neural pathways in your brain. And how do you do that? Well, um, Joe Dispenza and a number of other great thought leaders around the world talk about the fact that by the time we get to 35 years of age, almost all of the patterns that we have, the way that we do things, is the way that we've always done them, 35 years of age. So now if we're living till, you know, say 95 or 100 years, that's 60 or 65 more years of your life that you're basically living the way that you did and the patterns that you formed in the first 35 years. That blows my mind. So what sort of new things can you try to really create that mental fitness? If anything. It could be different foods. It could be different ways of doing your routine tasks, you know, different way of driving from A to B that you normally do, brushing with your left hand if you normally brush with your right hand, take a new way to go to the, you know, grocery store, whatever it might be. And Alzheimer's associations all around the world are talking about the fact that the more active that we keep the brain, the more vitality it has. The more new things that we do, the more new connections and cells that we have in our brain. And when we do that, we produce even more brain cells. And so really by breaking your routine is an amazing way of staying healthy. Sounds super weird. Search it. I searched it. I've read a number of articles on it, a couple of books on it. It's really fantastic. The other way for keeping mental fitness is to be able to play games. I have a daughter who loves playing board games. Occasionally I go, oh, my goodness, I don't feel like playing board games. But board games are an amazing way to keep yourself mentally fit. A little pack of cards, and there's so many games you can do, you can carry with you everywhere. Even some of the new ways of um, playing video games, et cetera, can really, really help with your logic, with learning about trivia, with the way that you reason, with the way that you problem solve. Read more. This is something, if I've got any spare time, it usually fits in with me, is having some time to be able to read. Reading is fantastic for your brain. I remember when my son started in preschool at the age of four, the principal of that school said that this was a graduating class of, you know, um, 13 years later in terms of when my son would be finished school. And they said, if you do nothing else, considering that we're a private school, just one thing if you can do with your child every day is to read. It will really shift the way that their brains work and it will really have a profound impact on their learning styles as well. Reading is also great. You know, often when we watch movies that are similar to um, that's been based on a book. The book is, you know, 99% of the time always better because we've used our imagination, our visualisation to be able to create the story, not just something that's been put in front of us. And the key takeaway, I think, when we start to look at creating mental fitness is that it does take a little bit of time. It does require new habits to be formed. Um, it does require different ways that we can do that. So I think the main thing, the main message that I wanted to get across around mental fitness is 
to treat mental fitness very similar to the way that you treat your physical fitness. Give it some care. Give it some love. Make sure that um, that you've got some space and time. And, you know, I probably suggested a number of different things um, around that. And um, don't do one across the other. Have a little bit of time for your mental fitness. Have a little bit of time for your emotional fitness. Have a little bit of time for your physical fitness. You know, the best image that I saw of it was a brain, like a shape of a brain doing weights. You're kind of trying to make your um, brain mentally fit. And the importance of it is um, so important, even when your physical body starts to wear down a little bit, having a mental, um, mentally fit uh, way of looking at things and your attitude and things is going to have a profound impact on not only how long you live, but also the quality of life that you live. Thanks for tuning in. Always love sharing some ideas and things that I pick up from different places and different conferences. I would always appreciate if you take a moment to rate the podcast. And if you have any ideas, any questions, please send them through. Look forward to speaking to you soon. I'm Shivani Gupta, and you've been listening to the Grow Your Business podcast. I hope you got one idea that you can think about or perhaps even implement straight away in your business. Thank you for listening. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under Ask Shivani. Remember, I call it Ask Shivani, so please send me your questions that I can address in this podcast for you. And I would also so appreciate if you went to the Apple Podcast to rate and review this podcast. 